when I'm in the process of talking, if it happens to drop, then uh, just ignore the stand. It's the Holy Spirit is working. So uh, good morning. That was such an incredible worship time this morning. We, it's interesting that um, today I'm sharing on the uh, prophecy on the foundation series. And just a quick reminder for everyone, the reason that we are going through the foundational series is to help us have a better understanding, a better grasp in terms of who we are in Christ. And this is in reference to Hebrews 6, verse 1 and 2, where uh, the author of Hebrews was talking about, let's move beyond the elementary teachings. And that's what these foundational topics are. So in order for us to mature as a church, all of us, not just some, but all of us are to have a better understanding of the foundation that we have in Christ. And uh, the topic for today was on prophecy. And uh, an example of prophecy, which I didn't realize this, but what God just gave me this incredible urge um, during the worship time just to share with us about his love for us. He wants to pour out his love into us uh, as people, as his people, and he wants us to understand what it is like to experience his love. And that's one of the ways that um, God speaks to us and in, in a prophetic way, but to the body. So, and also something that Sue had this morning before to encourage us to get into a place of worship. So anyway, we will talk about uh, prophecy this morning, but before we get into about what is prophecy, what the scripture has to say about prophecy, how to apply it in our daily lives, I do want to take a few minutes to uh, summarize what happened last weekend. For most of you know, Ken Grenfell was here, and uh, we invited Ken Grenfell to restoration on an apostolic visit because he came to impart the gifting that God has given him to us. Uh, just like as Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse uh, 41, when he said, if you receive the prophet, you receive the prophet's reward. Also the same thing is if you receive the righteous person, you will receive his righteousness. So as we receive Ken, the gifting that God has given him, we're receiving that gifting that help us to grow and mature and understand more of the things that he has for us. Uh, he shared on, uh, and the reason that we invite him, and I do want to say that is because one, we recognize his gifting, which I think you guys could see that last weekend. And so we can see the fruit in both his personal life and in his ministry through his character, through his ministry in his church, and through his submission to scripture and his accountability with other people that God has put in his life and the church that, in the church that he belongs to. Uh, so last weekend, he shared on spiritual warfare, which is also one of the topics, uh, foundational topics that we wanted to go through. And he gave us some very practical handles on how we can uh, stand, uh, recognize, recognize when we are being attacked by the devil, which I think we can talk about that freely, right? Recognize when we are being attacked by the devil and also to stand firm, and not only stand firm, but to advance against the attack of the devil from the spiritual standpoint. Uh, but the main point that Ken kept bringing through was to focus on Jesus. Always focus on Jesus. Be aware of the devil, but focus on Jesus. Do not be afraid of the devil because Jesus has won it all. Is, he has won the victory for us. So we are just to walk into the, the place of victory. We are to apply it into our daily lives with that mindset, with that mentality that we are the victor. 
we are victorious and we have this righteous mentality through Jesus instead of uh, a defeated mentality or a sin mentality. That's what he was encouraging us and reminding us as we focus on Jesus. Um, he also reminded and encouraged us to constantly renew our minds. That means constantly immersing ourselves in the Word, in the Bible, in scriptures. Know the Bible as well as you can possibly know. And that's how we can renew our minds and let the Word of God refresh us and renew our minds. Uh, again, on Sunday, uh, he talked uh, a little bit more and encouraged us to continue to keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our trust in Jesus, and trust in the, uh, have faith in what was promised by God. He gave several examples about faith, about an empowering faith. One of them was about Joseph telling his descendants to carry my bones into the promised land. Don't bury my bones here. God has promised us the promised land, so carry my bones into the promised land, which was about 350 years later, Moses did that. And, and talked about the faith of Moses, even though Moses was going toward the promised land. Moses never set foot into the promised land, but at least he followed that, and he had faith to lead his people into the promised land. And that led to uh, his word over us as a church about restoration, encouraging us to have an empowering faith. He reminded us to keep our eye on Jesus. Don't be distracted by the... Um, um, obstacles or the struggles, but also don't be distracted by the blessings that God has given us because what, what he meant by that is sometimes we're trusting for things like trusting for kids, trusting for relationship, trusting for jobs and finance. And when we get those things, those things take us away from Jesus. So he's encouraging us to not be distracted both by the good things and the bad things, to keep our eyes on, Jesus, on the promises that God has spoken over us and walk into it from the place of victory. So I wanna, again, uh, I've said this before, but I wanna encourage uh, everyone, if you were not here, to listen to the recording on our website. And if you were here, I would encourage you to listen to it again, because there were so many things that Ken wanted to equip us so we can use it and use it in our daily lives to stand firm and advance against the attack, the spiritual attack of the devil, which is not an if, it is a when. And actually, it's happening. So we need to advance against it. Anyway, that was a very rich time for us. Uh, and I just want to do a quick summary for, so, so we know what happened and be able to continue to walk into the things that God has for this church. This morning, we're going to talk about prophecy. Uh, as a reminder, while we're going through this, I said that earlier, because of the elementary teachings, that's why we're talking about prophecy, so we can all have a better understanding, so all of us can grow and mature. From, uh, this is from Hebrews 6, verse 1 and 2. I think I, hopefully I put that on the slide. On, um, did I? Okay, good. So uh, if, if you, as you're reading that, that's, those are some of the things that, he, that uh, the author of Hebrews listed and those things for us to know. We've gone through baptism, what is the local church, uh, salvation, and uh, such and such. So we're going to continue to go through these topics so then we can all understand what it is because it is important for us to share with other people about why we go to church. We don't go because we have to. We don't go because, well, that's a fun place to go. We go because we understand who we are in Christ. And once we understand who we are in Christ, we need to know what we're standing on. And these foundational topics will give us a solid ground to stand upon. So today, prophecy. Before we talked about prophecy in terms of what the scripture has to say about prophecy, um, 
I do want to cover really quickly about some of the things as prophecy how has been abused, misused, and incorrect understanding on prophecy. Uh, an example of abuse is uh, that sometimes you know, some Christians do hear from God or get a prophetic word from God, but saying to other people in a way that would manipulate them or to elevate the speaker or bring attention to the speaker. And that is a way that is very abusing the prophetic gifting. Because when they do that, they are only lifting themselves up. Pro prophetic word, a prophetic word, when it comes through, is always strengthen, encourage, and comfort. It is never meant to bring guilt or condemnation, and also is always meant to lift up Jesus, not an individual. Jesus should always be lifted up. So it is abusive when the gift is being used to benefit a, or to elevate an individual. So that's an example of how sometimes prophetic words being abused, uh, use it for their own good and to enhance their positions, uh, misuse. There are many other Christians you know, walking around thinking that they, they, they hear God for others, but more often than not, God speaks to us for our own good first instead of thinking that he's speaking something to us so that we can go and tell other people what to do. Um, more often than not, he's addressing our character, addressing the things that we need to work on for ourselves. They are for us, and we tend to think them they are for others. For example, you know, God is telling us to, to go and befriend an unfriendly neighbor, try to bring joy into our neighbor, and instead we go and we tell the neighbor to, hey man, have some more fun in your life but he's speaking to us in terms of how we can help bring the joy to that neighbor, but then we end up telling the neighbors, what, unfriendly neighbor, what to do. That's an, a, that's an example of, of misuse of a prophetic gift. And uh, lastly, an incorrect understanding of prophecy. And I think there's probably a, a major one is most people don't believe in the gift or they don't think the prophecy can apply to them or thinking that only certain people can speak or hear prophetically. It is not a mystical thing that we need to visit a palm reader or we need to go visit a psychic or a holy person in order to hear prophetic things from God. The best way to, it's prophecy, incorrect understanding is because we can hear from God all the time. And the best way to address those issues is the things like abuse, misuse, and incorrect understanding is to apply a correct understanding of prophecy and to uh, uh, correct applications of prophecy in terms of how to use it correctly. Now that we got those things out of the way, let's talk about prophecy, right? I'm, I'm sure you guys are sitting there waiting. It's like, when is he going to get to this point? What is prophecy? What is it meant for? And how can we apply it uh, as people of God, as followers of Jesus? So in short, I think you may have gotten this already. Prophecy is about hearing from God. God speaks to us. Yes, he does. Some, some, some of us may, may, may feel like we sound like we're crazy people when, when we tell people we hear from God and they gave us a little crazy eye look. He does speak to us. He, we know that he is a very relational God. So he does want to speak to us. He wants us to know him. He wants us to know how much he loves us. Just like how he speak to us this morning through the worship times, like, I love you. I want you to experience it. I want you to know that I love you. Don't close me off. Sometimes he speaks to us through an audible voice. Sometimes he speaks to us through a song. Sometimes he speaks to us through an image, 
through dreams, through visions, through situations, or through other people, in terms of other people speaking things over us. Or sometimes he speaks to us through a strong tugging at our heart, like a strong desire, the things that we just cannot shake. That's he speaking to us. Because no matter what we do, that feeling is still there, and we can't get rid of it. That's how he's speaking. That's one of the ways that he's speaking to us. So, so prophecy is about hearing God through different forms. And to be able to hear God, we need to know who he is, right? We, know, we need to know who's talking. And in order to know God, we need to have a relationship with God. So the key in hearing God is to have a relationship with God. And Jesus is God. So to be able to hear and to be able to hear from God is to have a relationship with Jesus. One verse that really stood out and I felt that it speak to, really speak to prophecy is, is in Revelation 19 verse 10. It said, worship God, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. So firstly, worship God. Before you do anything else, worship God. Get to know him. Who is God? Who is it that we're worshiping? Worship God. Once we worship God, get to know who he is, the spirit of prophecy will come and speak to us. And prophecy, when we're hearing God, it's always involved Jesus. Jesus is always the central theme because as you can see, the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. Remember this verse and we will know if it is a prophecy or not. And how do we know if something we are hearing or felt is from God? Is it Look at that verses. So is it rooted in Jesus? Is it honoring to Jesus? Is it about Jesus? Is it for Jesus? Is it according to his will? If it's according to his will, that means it's according to his word, is it, which means is it according to the Bible? So is Jesus being glorified? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, is the source of all prophecy. And the primary focus of the revelation he provides is concerning Jesus. So if we look at that verse, prophecies always show itself to bear witness to Jesus or to testify to Jesus. So how do we know if it is about Jesus or relating to Jesus? That's why we need to know Jesus, need to know who he is. The Bible is the baseline for all prophecy. The Bible is a testing ground for prophecy because the Bible is the word, right? The word is Jesus. We know that from John 1. Read it regularly. Know it well. It is of utmost importance. If we know the Bible, we have the baseline for prophecy. What is from God and what is not from God. This will help to us to know if a certain prophetic word is from God or not if we know the Bible. I want to use an example to help us understand whether a prophetic word is from God or not. Let's say if someone is in a non-abusive marriage, right, and another person came in and said, like, I have a prophetic word for you. I just feel like I want to tell you just to be happy, you know, do whatever you want to do as long as it makes you happy. So that means leave and what have you. On the surface, it sounds okay because, right, you want the person to be happy. You want them to, it, 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 the statement itself may be sound on the surface, but if we know scriptures, we know what God says about divorces and marriage. That's what I mean in terms of understanding scripture will give us a baseline to test against the prophetic word that people are giving us. So, if we know what it is, how should we treat prophecy? 
Uh, I think we all know this. Hopefully we all know this. Prophecy should be eagerly desired so we can hear God. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, Paul wrote this. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially, especially prophecy. Uh, he also wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5, do not treat prophecy with contempt. So for, don't treat it with contempt when God speaks to us and desire it, eagerly, eagerly desire it. That is the, the reason Paul is encouraging us because that is one of the main privileges that we have as people of God, as followers of Jesus, right? Salvation, eternal life, and to hear from God. Because as people of God, God wants to speak to us. He wants to tell us his plans, his purpose for us. He wants to tell us our life. Of, he wants to give us a vision for our lives. He wants to tell us the plans that he has for our children and their lives and the things that he has planned for all of us. So we want to hear that, right? We don't want to have, God does not want us to kind of stumbling around, walking around in the darkness and guessing, it. do I go left? Do I go right? Do I stop here? Do I go there? He wants to lead us. We just need to hear the things that he has to say. And as we desire to hear, both with our minds and with our hearts, and recognize his voice, recognize his voice. Jesus said this, my sheep know me. And they hear me, and they know my voice. That's from John 10. So as we get to know Jesus, know scriptures, spend time with him, we will know what he's saying. We will recognize his voice, and we can follow him with confidence with security, with rest and peace, no matter what it looks like, no matter how impractical it looks like to everyone else. And also, because we know scriptures, the Bible, the baseline for all prophecies, we will know there is a truth on that and step into it. So let's talk a little bit about recognizing God's voice. Number one, you guys are going to hear this, and you're going to hear this all the time. Read the Bible. The more we know the word, the better we will be able to hear. So if someone comes to you and tell you about prophetic word and they don't know scriptures very well, um, you might want to double check. So the more we know the word, the more it will be better for us to hear from God and receive the things that he has for us. And when God speaks to us, his message is always, because in, go back to 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3, to bring life, hope, and encouragement. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for the strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Remember that. It's not to guilt us. It's not for condemning. It's to lift us up, to give us hope, to give us a, a direction of where to go, give us a vision for our life. That's how God speaks to us. Uh, another way to recognize his voice is at church gatherings. That's why God designed for the church to be around people. So as we come to church on a Sunday, God speaks to us through the worship time so we can hear what he has for us. Uh, during our corporate prayer time, he speaks to us as we pray out the things that he has. And also through our uh, connect groups, that's when we're fellowshipping with each other. That's when we get to see God's word in action. And we can see how people are speaking prophetically in our local church setting, in a safe setting. So as we see it, we can learn from it. Hebrews 6 verse 12 said, imitate those who have faith and patience. So as we learn and see how people are prophetically praying for each other, prophetically speaking things out, we can learn from it. We can Im imitate. Imitate those who understand it, and that's why it's important to be in the local church setting. And because if we are in the local church setting, God has put 
other people around us. And he'll put human leaders around us to pray for us, to, uh, for us and to pray over us. And acting, and also there are people so we can uh, come to them and acting as a sounding board to say, hey, I hear this from God. What do you think? Is it true or is it not? And if, if we are, don't have people who we are accountable, accountable to or submitting the things that we hear from God, we tend to start hearing the things that we want to hear versus the things that what God is saying. Or we tend to ignore the things that God is saying and just do what we want to do. So that's why it's important to be in a place where, um, that's why I, I know you guys have, have heard me say this before, it's important to be in the local church. God has designed for it to be that way so we can grow and mature in a local church, in a safe setting. Uh, so as we do those things, often, read the Bible, listen to God's messages, be in church gatherings. As we do those things often and make it a priority in our lives, not just an extra added on thing to the long list of stuff, it will get easier for us to, to learn more about God and to recognize his voice and understand the things that he's saying. It's through how we live our lives. It's through how we spend our lives. And, and we will be able to hear God more frequently and more easily. Again, as Jesus said in John 10, you know, he's talking about, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. The only way to know Jesus is through his bride, through his body, through spending time in the world, spending time fellowship with other people. And also he said, John 10, verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. We want to follow where Jesus is taking us. And in order to do that, we need to be able to listen to what he's telling us individually and corporately. So when and how often God speaks to us, God speaks to us as often as we want him to. Anytime you open up the Bible, he's speaking to us. He's speaking to us through scriptures. You know, we, we may treat this as a book, the Bible, but we know this in 2 Timothy 3. All scripture is God-breathed. That means God's life is in here. To other people, it's just a book. But because we have the Holy Spirit inside us, when we read the Bible, it comes alive and it speaks to us. And it shares, it gives us revelation of the things that we are to do. And that's how we can know that God is speaking to us. He directs us in every situation. So as we spend time in the Word and get to know Him and be able to hear from Him, He directs us in every situation. In, in Jesus, Jesus said, um, Jesus said this in John 5, verse 19. Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He can do only what He sees His Father do, doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. As we spend time with God and, and encounter him and seek him and hear from him in all situations, we will be able to say that also about ourselves. We can we will say the same thing where I actually change this in terms of myself to say, I can do nothing by myself. I can do only what I see Jesus does. Because whatever Jesus does, I also do. When we spend time in, in scriptures and, and align ourselves with Jesus, it will be easy for us to know how to act, how to respond, what to say in all situations. Uh, he speaks to us through others. We know that when we pray for other people. It's from 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. We also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as human word, but as it really is, 
the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. So God does use people to speak to us. And that's why it's important to be in relationship with each other, to encourage each other, you know, as we are in, in a local church, to, to be accountable to each other. And it can, as we encourage each other, as we grow, we, we challenge each other. And that can only be achieved through being an active member of a local church. So we can both hear from God, speak prophetically, and also hear from God prophetically through other people. Uh, he speaks to us during our prayer time. You know, Jesus did this often. Uh, Mark 6.46, I don't know if I have it up there, but he said, after leaving them, he went up on the mountainside to pray. We know that he did this often because he needed to hear from his father so he would know what to do in all situations. And that's what we need to do also. Spend regular prayer time. And also, during our special prayer or fasting time, you know, we come together as a church. And that's when God speaks to all of us as a church so we can see the direction that he's taking restoration. So we know that we are part of something much bigger than ourselves. Because if we don't know, then we can't tell people why we do the things we do, why we gather for corporate prayer, why we're trying to hear from God together as a body and what God has planned for us as a body and what has God has planned for the people that he's adding to restoration and what we're going to do in years to come. And uh, also, God speaks to us through other ways. As I mentioned earlier, through angels, we can see that in Luke 1, through visions, dreams, uh, through word of knowledge, through word of wisdom, through our consciousness, as we align ourselves with scripture, the Holy Spirit will speak to our consciousness, our conscious, and as we align ourselves with scripture, he will um, speak to us through our discernment, and also he will speak to us and use our circumstances to speak to us, to let us see the things that he has planned for us. Uh, and also lastly, uh, Vanessa has shared this before when she preached on hearing God, it's just a confirmation, confirmation of what we already felt. More often than not, we are, God has already spoken directly to us in our heart, and we already felt that stirring that tugging, like I said earlier. There's, a, there's a, something in our heart that you can't just put it aside. It's just there and it's strong. Prophetically, God will speak through other people to confirm what we already felt so we know, oh, yes. Okay, now it is from God. I can step forward with confidence. So those are some of the things uh, and when and how God speaks to us. Uh, I also do want to say because how it's been misused and, and abused uh, or incorrectly understanding of prophetically, I want to say something to, to caution us. Beware of, of hearing things we want to hear. I mentioned that earlier. Of hearing things we want to hear rather than hearing what God is really saying. This can easily happen if we don't spend time with God. This can happen if we don't spend time in scriptures because we will start reasoning for ourselves. Oh, well, I'm in this situation because of such and such. But if we know scriptures and spend time with God, we will understand why we're in this situation so we can step through and go into and claim the things that God has given us, the inheritance that God has given us. Second Timothy 4, verse 3 and 4, Paul wrote, They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Knowing scripture will, like I said earlier, will help us to distinguish what is the truth, which is Jesus, and what is not, which is myths. Again, when hearing from God, ask yourself the following things. 
does it contradict the Bible's message? If we know the Bible and it contradicts the Bible, then it is not from God. Because God will never, ever say one thing in his word and then give us a prophetic word to contradict what he said. It is, and also when you hear prophetic word, is it for me? Or is it for the body? Or is it for someone else? As we know the word, understand where we're at, our relationship with God, where he's taking us, we will know, is it for me? Or is it for the body? And if you're not sure, that's why it's important to be in the local church, so then we can submit it to other people. It's like, hey, I got this word from God. Is it for me, or is it for you, or is it for the body? That way, we can help each other to better hear from God and have more clarity of the things that he has for us. And is it being shared in a way that brings life, hope, and encouragement? I, it, this is an important thing because a lot of time people speak prophetically, but then you end up feeling very guilty. Different versus convicting. When you feel guilty and you, 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 you feel wrong or you're condemning, that is not from God. Trust me, it is not from God. God, that's not who he is. He's not there to make us feel guilty. He wants to steer us and gently bring us to a place that he has wanted to show us and share with us. Um, and if, if you have a word from God, again, I would encourage you to keep that guideline. Is it strengthening, encouraging, and comforting? If it's not, don't say it. Um, I may uh, also go as far as to say don't receive it if it's not strengthening, encouraging, or comforting. Uh, if you're not sure, talk to me. Just talk to someone else. Say, hey, this is what I'm hearing from God. What do you think? That's why it's important for us to be together in a group, in a family, so we can share openly and speak openly and help each other. Lastly, most of the time, not always, this is something to be aware, to be cautioned, most of the time, the character of the person bringing the word always needs to be considered. Not always, but most of the time. God uses everyone. He does. But we need to be discerning if it is from God or not. Does that person's life and the characters line up with scripture? If it's not, most likely it's from a self-serving statement. Just try to get you to do something that they want you to do or to elevate themselves. Remember, is it about Jesus? Is it for Jesus? Is it strengthening, comforting, and encouraging? All prophecy is from God and it cleanses everything it touches. So if someone has things, character things that need to be worked through and have a prophetic word for you. Don't receive it so openly. Just check it, keep it in hand, and run it by someone else. Uh, because everything that prophetically, it is from God. Uh, and also another word of caution is when someone said, I've said this before, is when someone said, God said you must do this. Keep this verse in mind. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 9. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. So if they said with absolute certainty, I'm pretty sure they're not hearing from God because we only see in part, so we prophesy in part. So just keep that in mind in terms of the things that when people are trying to prophesy over us or speak prophetically over us, but at the same time to help us understand if we have something for someone else, speak it in a way that is encouraging and uplifting and is it to... Uh, give them life and joy? Does it bring um, encouragement? And is it about Jesus? Is Jesus the central theme? How do we grow in the prophetic? I'm almost done. 
How do we grow in the prophetic? Now we know what it is. What does the Bible say about prophetically? How to use it? We're instructed to eagerly desire it. Right? Eagerly desire it. How do we eagerly desire it and grow more in the prophetic? Some of the things I talked about. Again, spend time in the Word. It's pretty complicated, right? Spend time in the Bible. Read the Word. Get to know it. Be grounded in the Word. Be strengthened, both in our knowledge and our understanding of Scripture and live out the instructions of Scripture. Spend time with God. Seek to hear from Him for our own lives. We don't need to constantly go to a palm reader or a psychic to tell us our love life, to tell us about how many kids we're going to have or what kind of job we're going to have. God has a plan for us. He actually has a plan for us before we were born. He wants us to know what it is. So come to Him. Don't go somewhere else because they will tell you what they want you to do instead. Wait, was that harsh? That was meant to be harsh. And remember this. This always helped me. So I want to say this to encourage you guys. James 4 verse 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. It is not. Come near to God and you will have a chance of meeting God. It is not. Come near to God and he, he may come near to you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. That will help us to understand as we press in, as we get to know the word, as we speak to hear from him. He will speak to us. That's not crazy. People may give us the crazy eye, but he will speak to us. That's why we do what we do. It is crazy for us to gather here, right? As a small church in this humongous school, in this neighborhood. But it is because God is speaking to us and we trusting the things that he has for us. We don't fully know, we know partly, we don't fully know what the future holds, but we know this is where he's taking us. So we put our faith in him. We hear from him and we follow and we obey the things that he has for us. So live out the instructions of the word and our prophetic revelation in all areas of our lives. And it's gonna be a challenge. I know it is a challenge. It is a challenge for me. You know, in all areas, I mean not selectively, certain area, but all areas of our lives about scripture is saying and how we are supposed to live. Don't compartmentize, don't compartmentalize different sections like our work lives here, this is how we act, this is how we act in our personal lives, this is how we act when we're around our neighbors. Have, what I meant by that is, is just like what I said, don't have a different lifestyle with a group of friends, a lifestyle with our neighbors, a, life, a certain lifestyle with our coworkers, and a lifestyle with our families. Have one lifestyle and be transparent so people will know who we are, what we believe in, why we love passionately, why we're passionate for Jesus, why we have an eternal life. Be confident in that. We have salvation. We have an eternal life. We belong somewhere else somewhere much better. And then just be able to explain that because if we get to know the word, we will understand that we belong somewhere else. Um, another thing to, to help us is to keep record of both when we're giving a prophetic word and when we're receiving a prophetic word. Uh, follow up when you give a prophetic word. Follow up with those who are giving a prophetic word just to see if it was given correctly, just to help us so we can learn from it. We can be encouraged in it. It's like, oh yeah, that's exactly what you said. It's happening. Or, yeah, it didn't happen exactly like that. It happened like this. So then we can learn from it next time. Uh, keep records of, of when we receive a prophetic word so then that can be uh, a, a destination for us to walk into because we will encounter struggles. The enemy never 
That's a strong term, but I would say never ever want us to walk into what God has for us, ever, period. So when we keep a record of it and we come back and remind ourselves, we can have faith to push through the struggles and the obstacles and the lies and the distraction to get to where God is taking us. And also keep a record because once we get there, it can be a testimony for us, for the next thing that God is revealing to us. So we can look back and say, this is what he said, it happened, so this is what he's saying, I'm going to keep going because that's going to happen again. That is a prophetic gift. That is the prophecy according to scripture. I want to end by saying prophecy, eagerly desired, eagerly desired. It is one of the huge perks we have as followers of Jesus Christ. It's like humongous. I, I, I was trying to think of an illustration if we are not tapping into this and use this, what I mean all of us, use this on a daily basis. It's like, I think we all like to go shopping, right? I mean, whether shopping for shoes, sports shoes, or what have you, TV, clothes. So just imagine walking into the most expensive retail store and they can tell you that you can have all these expensive items for free because you are followers of Jesus. And let's see, we go and we pick one. Oh, salvation. Oh, I'll take that. It's free. Eternal life. I'll take that. It's free. But to be able to hear from God, I will pay for this. Think about that. We can have it for free, so eagerly desire it. Because when we're not hearing from God, we're walking around aimlessly. He wants us to walk into so much more of everything. Our families, our children, our generations to come. So instead of, oh yeah, I'll, we, we take salvation for free. We take, take eternal life for free. We take a local church for free. But to be able to hear from God, well, I'll pay for that. That's what it is. So for us to understand what is prophecy, embrace it, eagerly desire it. Pray for it. Read more into the Bible. I actually was going to end right here.